Welcome back to Into the Radlands and Into the Badlands Rewatch Podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, Daniel, and joining me is the other third, Jesse. Hi. My my name is Jesse. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some Taco Bell at some point during this recording. <laughs> Live Moss. <laughs> exactly. I'm not only by living Moss, I'm living Trey Moss. Which is which is a lot more. Or very more. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yes. Uh, but how is, uh, hang on, real quick, but, como esta tu humedad? That's, how is your moisture? How is my moisture? Um, I would say it's a nice medium place right now. Um, I don't okay. think, I think I'm, I think this might be a thing that goes on for the rest of the year. Where I try to be more, more, uh, more dry. Um, it's not happening so far. Uh, well, you know, we gotta, we gotta put in the good fight. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe it'll happen while we're watching, uh, the Forbidden Kingdom. Oh, God. Maybe that'll, maybe it'll uh, happen then. Oh. From all the tears and sweat. <laughs> yes. From all the tears and sweat from seeing Jet Li and Jackie Chan being in the same movie and it being bad. <laughs> yeah. But also technically being a journey to the West thing. <laughs> Theoretically, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And the uh, thing is, I'm saying it. I'm <laughs> saying it a lot on while we're recording, just so we have to do it, just because I want to see you suffer. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what a good friend you are. I'm a very good friend, and I, and I love you a lot, Daniel. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I like didn't sleep on Monday, uh, which is when we usually record recording Tuesday today because I was too tired on Monday, and I'm still pretty tired. But uh, we're gonna do it. We're, we're gonna for you, we're gonna, dear listener. We're gonna talk about a very mediocre episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, let's just get into it. It's season three, episode eleven, "The Boar and the Butterfly." Let's begin. So, um, I mean, Butterfly is right in the title, so already I'm not invested, but let's go. <laughs> yeah, so we do we do have that great shot of uh, Nyx's, like, frock coat mm-hmm. thing she has. Yep, in a nice slow-mo. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, this show is shot pretty well. Like, I mean, that's one yeah. thing that's that will never be in question. Now... Yeah, I gotta say, I don't, I don't hate the Nyx-Sunny dynamic. I don't hate it either. Like, what if, like, what if, like, Sunny had a daughter instead? Yeah, Sonny just needs to be shepherding some kids, and that's much more interesting than the widow. Yeah. Um, and you know, Nix is like, oh, she's she's walking towards the tunnel where she can get to Sonny, and and she's like walk like watching, and she's like, what's going on? Is yeah, she like out? might have heard a sound, so she glances back, but there's no one behind her, so she's like, okay, and she crawls in the tunnel, but it, it turns out. MK, classic MK doing his classic hiding behind something. <laughs> He's real good at hiding behind something. MK does two things, and it's hiding behind stuff and asking girls to run away with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so MK spotted her, so he's obviously going to follow her in, but uh, we're in that warehouse now, and Nix is like, here's some supplies. And um, and Sunny and Nix are kind of discussing their plan, how they need to go to the wasteland so they can meet up with Akara. But then, guess what? Surprise! Yep. MK is there. MK is, MK is in the building. Yeah. And and Nix is like, let him go. Be like, no. Yeah. Get out of my way. I'll deal with you later. 
and you know Sonny's trying to be the responsible one be like yeah don't don't fight he's my son I don't want to see him hurt um and then Uh they both go like dark mode and then yep and it's a pretty good fight it's a pretty good fight um now, when I say that this is a, a mediocre episode, it's still better than a lot of episodes of TV. It's just, I've been very <laughs> yeah, disappointed. Yeah, it's just the bar's been set very high, I, I've yeah. I've been so disappointed <laughs> for so long. But yeah, it's a pretty good fight. Like, uh, the, the scenery of the, the, I don't know, like this. The, like, forest of mannequins, yeah. Forest of mannequins and, like, the stuff. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff for them to play off mm-hmm. of. I feel like they might have uh, sped up the footage in a few places to make them look faster. Uh, I mean, th- I mean that happens. Yeah, I, I mean that's a technique that lots of action movies do to make people look like they fight better. I'm not against it. I just something I clocked. Yeah, it, it's not as naturalistic as normal. Maybe they didn't have yeah, as much. Which I mean, it's they're supposed to be supernaturally powered, so yeah, I guess it makes sense. But uh, MK knocks Nick to the table and says an emo line about you're supposed to be family. Um, but then Sonny stabs him through with a rusty pipe, which is pretty and cool. And then bends the pipe over. And by the yeah, way, this know, is a there. very good move. I, I almost cheered at this point, because it's like, it's like, at the beginning of the season, I was just like, oh, I like this shitty MK. I don't like this shitty MK anymore. Yeah, he's gotten very shitty. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's like to the shitty of season two, instead of the shitty beginning of the season. And he's still spouting very emo lines like, you should have killed me while you have the, you should kill me while you have the chance, cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt you down, Sonny. I'm gonna, not, I'm not only gonna hunt you down, I'm also gonna cry a lot because like, you're my dad. <laughs> I got a new dad now, his name's Pilgrim. He's, he's got kinda shitty lately, but he's better than you. Uh, yeah, like it was a pretty good fight, it's just, um. Yeah. It's a decent opener. Yeah. Whereas, I just, I don't know. I just, I need a great episode to pop up. We keep on yeah, saying. Yeah, I want to I get, like, excited again. Yeah, like, this is, this is, like, bog standard. For, for a good show, this is bog standard, which, again, yeah. really good. But, at the same time, bar so high. Do still super like this mirror room. Still very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the widow, like, steps out of the wid, uh, out of the widow room, yeah, the mirror room, and, uh, she meets up with the master, and the master's just- Oh, you know what I just noticed? Uh, the master has a couple of origami pieces in front of her tea set. One of them is definitely a red scorpion. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and the widow, again, the widow and the master, I'm just gonna say, they need to stop pairing up widow with, with people I don't care about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> when she's paired with Baji, it actually works out okay, because uh, Nick Frost is a tremendous actor and really hauls up uh, the Widow to a better level. Well, like, I mean, like, Nick Frost and Daniel Wu, like, when they're in a scene with someone, they pull everyone up with them. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. this is just, uh I don't care, I don't care about this scene. Yeah. This is just uh, the master convincing the widow that they need to work together and that she needs to go get Ankara, I think, is the deal. Yeah. Everyone wants Ankara, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, out of nowhere, again, I feel, I feel like we're skipping an episode or two, like a whole plot point where Ankara uh. got popular, I mean, like, that got, like, really important all of a sudden. I mean, I guess it makes sense because she was, like, obsessed with uh, the prophecy or whatever, and Azra, so she probably knows the most. Uh, it's 
fine. I'm not like, oh man, Ankara's back, because I also didn't think Ankara was super interesting, but yeah. it's fine. And and if you want like some real good sad dad energy, we have it's it's this scene. We have Sunny and Nick's Nick's trying to you know say like, hey, take this water and all that. And Sunny's like kind of hobbled and everything because he still you know is hurt. And uh, yeah, that'll disappear real quick when he gets mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is he has dark one powers that like he man he he manifests in time of need, but not like uh-huh. fully. You know, that's right. why he can heal okay. very rapidly <laughs> when he needs to. When he clearly should be hobbled and beat the shit out of, or after a fight. And this is a pretty good scene. Like we yeah. turns out when you have two good actors. Uh, Talking. It's just some uh, father-daughter bonding time over the trauma of being used as tools of death. Yeah, and they're back, and they're back at the the mountain set. Yeah, well, by, going to Ankara, by yeah. set, I mean the literal land oh, that yeah. they're at. Um, yeah, because <laughs> they shot on location. Um, yeah, because they're you know they're heading to Ankara, so they're getting back to that mountain. And uh, this at least begins to justify Pilgrim's behavior a little bit. Pilgrim's like being very. Uh, kind of out of control and talking about he mentions the power coursing through him and so we get kind of an inkling that like maybe because he wasn't born with this power he's it's like affecting his mind a little bit and that's why he's been kind of so super villainy but it's like how could have been done better but at least they are like doing something <laughs> it's how like the pin particle makes you a, a womanizing asshole somehow right yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so MK's like, oh, you need dark ones? I know where there are dark ones. Yeah, and I don't like anyone there either. It's- yeah, this was, this, I didn't so much like this part where they, like, ask him very logically, why have you kept this from us? And MK's like, she scares me, because I feel like that was never really established. No, like, honestly, like, the Master was not really shown as anyone of, like, a lot of power, on, uh, besides I- healing. Mm-hmm. Before I, I think she's shown to be very powerful. I just think MK never looked very... I mean, he, like, snuck into her place and stole her needles and shit. He never seemed very scared of her. The way he's like, oh, I didn't even want to bring it up because she's so scary. He seems, like, fine breaking into her shit. I think she's been shown to be very powerful, but... Well, like, well, not powerful in the same way that the other powerful people are shown. Like, she's shown to have good control over her powers. Dark One powers and everything. Yeah. It's just... Until this season, we weren't shown that she was, like, a massive force to be weaponed with. I mean, she's the only one who can heal with her powers. That, to me, signifies a level of mastery higher than anyone else. Because everyone else can just sort of fight, and she's managed to unlock all these different, like, abilities using her power. Okay, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Bashi just kind of walked up to the monastery and was like, Hey guys, remember me? Can I come in? Yep. And he did, and guess what? Yeah. He's, he got brought to the master, and the master's just like, "Hey." And Baji is like very um, Baji is very uh, charming. Yeah, Baji's doing his Baji thing. He has a pretty good line. It was only a matter of time before you showed up, begging for forgiveness. I have never begged for anything in my life, but on occasion I do grovel. So. <laughs> yes, it's it's very good, and and Baji is uh, you know doing his whole uh, doing his whole thing. He's kind of doing almost a uh, monologue at this point. The master has not opened her mouth at all yet, 
And, um, and she doesn't talk until he says that he didn't realize that Sunny would turn out to be a catalyst. And then she gets all, like, just real concerned all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, see, I guess the Master never believed Osra was real, so she doesn't have any knowledge about Osra. All she knows is, hey, this one monk I trained was obsessed with Osra, so if we want to fight Osra, we need to learn what we're up against. So I guess we need to go find Ankara. Yeah. So it, it all ties together, I think. The plot stuff and motivation, I think, tracks for the most part. Um, it's just sort of, it doesn't really get me excited, because I don't really care about Ankara. Well, also, also, I feel like we don't have a lot of lead up to it. Cause like a lot of the mm-hmm. plot points we've had like hints and stuff and then like it would build up. Yeah. And you can tell that they're trying to cram a lot of story and not like world building, like story. Yeah. Like plot. The pre- previous, the previous two seasons, we always had kind of like an end goal we were heading to, you know, in season one with Sunny trying to escape, season two with Sunny trying to get back to Vale. So like we knew where we were heading the entire time. This time it's no one really has a plan. They're, everyone's reacting to events that are happening. And you could uh, you could tell that they were kind of scrambling to get what the story they wanted to tell yeah. done because yeah. they didn't get straight up canceled like it was still middle of the season and everything. And yeah. You can tell that they trying to ramp stuff up. It just I don't know. I miss the world building parts that yeah. they would do. Also, but also, uh, Baji saw the widow and said, "Oh shit!" Which is yeah. what I do every single time I see her on screen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, now we're we're in Ankara's plane, and uh, there's a bunch of dead black lotus around, and Ankara's been grievously injured. Uh, but it's fine. Yeah, widow, not widow. Sunny is like, um, is pretty much saying like, "Hey, I need, I, we need your help." Yeah, and, and and he pre it, she pretty much says there was a price to pay because I healed your son. Yeah, um, the Black Lotus found her and marked her for death or whatever, and she says, "I'll help you if you can get me to Black Wind." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. See, like I think the issue with this season is that like the I guess kind of end goal everyone is working around is Pilgrim's plan, and Pilgrim's plan is just take over the world. I guess it's like so vague. And like, kind of distant that it's really hard to like feel concrete about it. Yeah, there's not as much like mechanations that they're yeah. playing around with. Yeah, like like in season two, for example, it's literally Sonny's goal is get to Vale. Quinn's goal is take revenge. Like they're very concrete, actionable goals that they can work toward. This is so like kind of vague, and I think that's where we're struggling to like find that momentum. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. We. I'm gonna say this scene was almost pure exposition. Yeah. Um, we have Gaius and Tilda, and they're being like, oh, we have to find Chow. And Gaius is like, well, I think my I think my mom would know. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's just like, they talk to Lydia, and she's like, well, who would know? And then Gaius is like, my mom. Right, because like, they, they still don't know that the widow is with the master. They think maybe Chow took her. Um, so they need to find Chow to end the war and also get their leader back. Yeah. And we kind of cut back to... I don't even remember this scene, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, uh, so this is uh, all the Azra people kind of gearing up. Uh, they're heading for the monastery. Uh, and then someone said that we shouldn't take everybody because it will leave the museum undefended. So Chris was like, that's a great point. Leave me two harbingers and I'll protect our home. Which is definitely what she's planning to do and nothing else. Yep, she's definitely... 
not a person who has been working behind Pilgrim's Ooh, back. You see the that little vein time. on uh, Pilgrim's neck there? Oh, that is that. Before. That's also he has a lot more red under his eyes. Yeah, yeah, and that's a little uh, sign that maybe these powers are are killing him faster than than normally. Because that's what we see, like, toward the end of life for all the Dark One users. They get those nasty veins. Yeah, his body is acclimated to it. Mm-hmm. Um, to make a reference, it's kind of like Midoriya, uh, when he gets uh, all might, <laughs> when he gets all might's powers. His body no, that's, is nasty. That's one for all, is the name of the power. I know, but I wasn't gonna say, I was just gonna say. Okay, <laughs> it's when, it's when Isuzo Ikazu, uh, <laughs> Midoriya, aka Diku, <laughs> gets all for one, uh, not all for one. Wow, that'd be really weird. If you got yeah, all for one even. instead of, that's, that's the, that's the villain AU, where all for one take, takes them <laughs> in and then gives them powers and then he, you know, it's like all yeah. my, it's, you know, it's a thing. Um, this is a really stupid scene I didn't care for. At oh all. my god, I, I'm gonna say, if, so, okay, so, sorry, need to describe the scene. I don't care about this scene. But we need to yeah. describe it. Uh, basically, the master's just like, "Hey, you and Flea don't get along anymore. So why don't you just fight it out and stuff?" Yeah, and, it's so fucking dumb. And they have like a dumb fight, and it's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't care about it. She she gives them both bow staffs and just like leaves. She's like, "Peace out." Peace. And, like this fight has no stakes to it. Like there's no purpose and like the idea of fighting makes them get along like just doesn't track for me at all so well okay so here's what would have made this scene a little bit more impactful mm-hmm. if we had more time or maybe they had to travel together and they're yeah. having a lot of issues and maybe they're getting their ass kicked by like a black lotus or something and they have yeah. to learn how to fight together for like the first yeah, time that, ever, that would have worked a lot better. That would have worked really well, but uh, but like I feel like we would have had like Baji and the Widow adventures or Baji and the Flea probably more closer mm-hmm. to it, where like they get where they learn to you know be what they used to be, you know, like yeah, a, to trust each other again, yeah, yeah, and I think that would have made the Widow a little bit more likable because like because she's pretty, I'm, I'm so okay. Well, she is pretty, but she she tends to be. <laughs> better when she's paired up with good actors yeah um because again all like a good actor raises a ship for everyone in the uh the only part of this that i enjoyed is bajet manages to disarm both of them and their bow staffs fly off into the air and impale the car and that somehow makes the car explode <laughs> oh also she had a smile that i kind of believed in this scene yeah again when when they because uh, we get a few more scenes with them traveling uh, it works a lot better she becomes a lot more likable because Nick Frost is a tremendous actor yeah and she's and like and he she has to kind of match his energy and it works yeah yeah he he really yeah brings her up so that's why I think uh, we should go back in time and give this show one more season <laughs> <laughs> I wish yeah, <laughs> yeah so- I mean if leverage can get a reboot in 2020, then Into the Badlands can get a reboot by 2021. I'm putting the energy out there. Yeah. Uh, so here's we get another exposition dump because that's what our car does, uh, where she's just yeah. like the Black Lotus. They're like trained to kill the Dark Ones and stuff, and she says that includes you, Sanzo. 
Um, this is a pretty cool bit, though, here. Um, she's doing that exposition. She suddenly stops, and then uh, we get flashes of the master meditating, and she's, like, casting a scrying spell, yeah. which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I could feel her eyes searching for me, Arkara yeah. says, being one of the only British people in this entire right. place. <laughs> Um, and we get like, uh, we get like this whole symbolic scrying, kind of. Yeah, we, it's, we get a lot of like panning nature shots of different areas and then like veins and black blood appear on the masters. It kind of shows that they were in a snow area and then everything starts melting and then they, she finally sees exactly where they're at. Yeah. And like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And she starts bleeding black out of her eyes, and Arkara and her have, like, similar, like, lightning strike veins and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, again, that, uh, it, that sells me on, like, the Master being some tough shit. Because yeah. we're seeing more and more different powers that she has. Yes. Uh, my main problem is that she was shown as such a passive force in the season two, and mm-hmm. I care so little about her. <laughs> Yeah. So now she's becoming a very big thing in the second half of the last season. With yeah, like I don't disagree work. that her characterization was missing, but um, yeah. I, I, feel, I, I buy that. I feel like we would have had thing. more of it if we had one more season. Oh. <laughs> right. Um, and the master also gives them a very steampunk-looking syringe that will knock Ankara out if they need it. I guess. Oh, by the way, she has to, the Arkara and, and, um, Sunny and Nyx are going to, uh, Blackwind, which I yes. don't remember. I, it, it's the, uh, the bazaar. Oh, that's that what they it met is? Okay. Lily at. Yeah. I, yeah. Lily calls it Blackwind, um, on that episode, but that's the only time they mention it. Okay. So that's probably why it wasn't something in my yeah. mind. Yeah. She yells at Baji that now she's going to be banned from Blackwind or she can't return to Blackwind or whatever. It's that big bazaar. Okay. Yeah. And we get a shot of uh, some sort of Black Lotus boss figure from the way he's framed, I guess. He's pretty cool. That's, s- this is the only shot of him we get so far, so I don't know anything about him. Do we see his face at all? Yeah, we get his face very oh. briefly. He, I mean, he looks pretty cool. Um, I just don't know anything about him. Yeah. And it's like like it's like a big bad evil guy. Like, yeah, like yeah he's very grizzled, yeah. He's very grizzled, has... Yeah, he looks like he's, a, he's tough shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so then we cut to Pilgrim and, uh, MK leading a bunch of, leading a bunch of, uh, Azra warriors or Pilgrims. Oh, this is, yeah, this scene was all right over here. Pilgrim like goes off by himself and then we get another classic dead sun ghost. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, we always have those, that dead sun ghost at one point. (laughs) Um, but I, I did not hate this dead sun. He, he sells it pretty well for me. You mean the beta, the, the beta, uh, male, uh, Yeah. Man, he looks, he looks like he's about to storm out of a, storm out of the room. <laughs> I mean, he also looks like a corpse, which I appreciate. Oh, I think I heard your notification that your Taco Bell is no, here. No, no, it's actually delayed by a lot oh. more. So Great. we might get well, finished. We have time. <laughs> we have 20 more minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, like, Pilgrim acts like he used to, where yeah. he's you know where there's a lot of nuance and stuff, and you can hear the sadness and mm-hmm. and stuff about what he's done. 
and they're talking about Nyx, about how, like, you know, Nyx was so worried, and about... Yeah, and then, um, it, it starts out as, like, kind of a heartwarming thing, and you can tell that Pilgrim has a lot of affection for Caster still in the hug, and then uh, it slowly turns, and Caster starts getting more and more angry as he discusses how uh, Pilgrim has killed Caster, lied to Nyx, and basically uses everyone around him, because he's nothing but a manipulator. And uh, that cuts pretty deep on on Pilgrim. I didn't... I don't necessarily know that we needed him to actually say out loud, the dark gift is affecting my mind. I feel like the audience could have inferred that, but okay. it's fine. You, you know, I was getting it. It wasn't like he oh, changed okay. very suddenly. I, after... In the, in the last three minutes of one episode. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I got it after, I didn't get it till this episode where he said earlier about it coursing through his veins, then I got it, and then he reinforces it here, which I don't know was necessary, but it's fine. Yeah, MK, like a very concerned uh, son with an alcoholic father, goes up and be like, it's okay, dad. I know you're yeah. bad, but we you know, it's, it's good. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You good? Are you good? We could stay here. Okay, okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> and... And MK's just looking off, be like, damn, I chose him as my father? Fuck. Right. <laughs> I used to have so much cooler fathers. Uh, so now Tilda and Gaius are gonna infiltrate uh, the Chow Summer Home, which is just a big old castle, because we're in Ireland. Well, okay, okay, it's not a big castle. It's like... It's a, it's a medium castle, yeah. It's a medium yeah. castle. And there's a bunch of clippers that I guess, yeah. you know, just guard her, and, and Gaius... Uh, you know, and, and Tilda, like, kind of just sneak in. Yeah. Like, very badly, though. Yeah, they just kind of walk through and no one really notices. Like, a clipper could have just turned around and be like, hey. Yeah. But yeah, they sneak in very... I don't understand this. I feel like they just needed to get this out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel too. Um, But they meet uh someone named Deegan, who is apparently Gaius's half-brother. Uh, I have to imagine on the father's side, because it doesn't sound like my mother really cares about this boy either. Yeah. He looks like, uh, he reminds me of Peter Pettigrew from the HP movies. Yeah, yeah, he does. It looks a lot like that actor. Yeah. I forget the actor's name, but it looks yeah. like... Yeah, um, this is kind of cool. Uh, so we finally see the mother, and she's got one of those cancer holes in her neck from smoking, and she sticks a pipe in there to smoke some more, which and, is pretty good. And she looks like, uh, she looks like a grade-A Karen here. Yeah, like a, like a Victorian can, a Karen. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, she has to use like a little like voice modulator in order to talk because her. Because she has you know, the whole internet. Whole internet. <laughs> and she also uses voting. I mean, she's also like you know. Yeah. Like open. Uh, she like immediately starts like talking shit because we need to very quickly establish that she's an absolute bastard, so we won't feel bad when they murder her here in about a minute. Yeah. Um. And it's just kind of, Gaius is just like, I don't, I don't want to be your family. <laughs> I only did yeah. it slightly worse than him. Um, and then, Gaius um, is trying to It's just them him. rolling a couple of persuasion rolls and they fail pretty badly. So then Gaius tries an intimidation roll when he pulls out his sword. And then uh, she actually has a decent line here where she's like, I taught my children never to unsheathe their blade unless they intend to use it. Go on, then.
You always were a coward. Um, and basically calls his bluff, and he backs down because he's a little beta boy. Yeah. I do want to say, like, she has, like, drawn on, uh, a drawn on eyebrows, and they're very extra, and I'm very about it. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a good look, for sure. Like, you could tell, you could tell that she's, uh, that she's, uh, Juliet? Juliet's mom, mom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Chow family has a very distinct aesthetic, and I very much appreciate yeah, it. Like, she has, like, the little, like, uh, little wings, little eyeliner wings that are also yeah. very extra. Yeah. Um, so then, when that doesn't work, uh, Gaius turns to his half-brother and asks him instead, and he immediately gives it up, which is great. Uh, it's Iron then, Fan. I don't know yes. what that is, where that is, but it's Iron Fan. But Gaius does, so that's fine. Yeah. In. Um, and then she says that she's gonna tip off Juliet for sure. So then Tilda's like, uh, gives guys a glance, and guys is like, yeah, it's fine. So well, she super murders his mom. I'm I'm a I'm a beta I'm a beta cuck soy boy simp, but like <laughs> you can you can stab her. Yeah, I guess Tilda. And it's very brutal when <laughs> you do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, she stabs her a few times in the neck, which is unnecessary. That was six, seven, eight, about eight times in the neck. Yeah, I see. What I feel like if they wanted to be more creative is they should have. She should have used the hole as the beginning part and like you know displayed her. You know, <laughs> do it the Assyrian way. You know, one cut, one right. cheap sheet of skin. And now Baji and the the widow are camping out, and this is the best the widow has ever been. Thank you so much, Nick Frost. Yeah. Um. They're just reminiscing. Yeah, uh, Baji is be like, "Remember when you were my daughter?" Basically. <laughs> yeah. And they tell a story. It's it's basically like about like how uh, they were on a supply run and, um. She uh, basically, when she was a little, little, she was just like, "Hey, let me come." Blah blah blah. He's like, "No, flee." And apparently, she like hid. And yeah. after a little while, she she kind of was just like, "Ah, I'm a, I'm a person." Yeah. And, then, and uh, Nick Frost crashes the car because he's so startled. And then they had a rabbit stew, just like they're having now. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. But it was very, but it's very charming. Again, this mm. would have been way better if we had more of this built up, maybe traveling yeah. for, I don't know, at least three or four episodes together. So yeah, yeah, this could have been a longer subplot. It would have really built up their bond again. And maybe it would have made me like the widow a little bit. Yeah. So again, this is the best she's ever been on the show. And in I'm, my opinion. I'm going to admit, I kind of like it a little bit later this episode again, but I, but you know, it's just, Meh. Right now. And, uh, they, like, actually have, like, a full reconciliation, and Baji, uh, basically admits he was wrong for abandoning her. Um, but, uh, you know, all of that. Yeah. This is, like, like this is a longer scene, and it kind of slows down a little bit, but only because, the, sh- the episode a little bit, but only because... They've been jamming so yeah. much story in not a in not a uh, effective way. 
Yeah, it's it's been pretty breakneck the past few episodes, not and not in a pleasant way, but yeah, this this scene breathes a little bit, and it's nice. It's a cute scene. Yeah, and and I would have liked more of this. Like maybe they had to travel together and everything, yeah. and and you know, like it would have shown me that you know the widow is somewhat redeemable in the end. Yeah. It's just I don't believe it right now. They're, it feels like they're forcing it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now. Yeah. The person is on my street. Oh man. All now, right. I don't know. I don't know if they ha- if they're if they're just like going up and if they're if they're gonna turn or not. I'm gonna check. But uh, we're with a scene with uh, Lydia, Henry, and Nathaniel, and it's very precious as they talk about they talk about babies. Family. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, I like this baby, and this baby's like really cute. And they're just like, yeah. well, you're very cute. But what if we fuck in front of this baby? <laughs> right. They, they get a bit of the baby fever. It's very, it's very precious. Nathaniel talks about his dead son. Lydia empathizes because she has a dead son. And then they're both now just they like... they have this living son. <laughs> just like, man, I love sons, don't you? Yeah. Especially when they don't try to kill you. Yeah, and they're like, look at our beautiful multi-ethnic family we have right now. Isn't it great? And it is great. I love these two. It'd be so cool if we were. I don't know. I'm making a baby right now. Let's fuck. <laughs> and it's it's a very good scene. It's just... Yeah. It's just, like, these, these moments, like, these character moments were very plentiful in, like, season one and two. Mm-hmm. And they're way shorter at the seasons. It's just... Yeah. You just feel the crunch here. And I think the reason why there's 16 instead of 10 in here is because they're just like, well, we'll let you finish it or yeah. something. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Because I remember back then they went on a brief hiatus and then like the announcement came out that they were canceled and then they aired the rest of the season. So Yeah, it it just like they, they crammed so much and you can also tell. Uh, what's going on? Because they keep on, they're not really showing new things. Everyone has like the same costumes. They're not yeah. doing, the fights don't seem as exciting. Yeah. Like they don't have as much time to do the choreo and I'm, it's yeah. not, it's not on them. Yeah. We, we got like far less cool set pieces to fight in, uh, in this back half here. And the, there's far less creativity in the fights and how people die. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Cressida showed up with her two Harbingers and is basically shaking down Lydia for no goddamn reason. Yeah, again, this feels like it came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, I believe it within the, the scope of Cressida's character, um, but yeah, it is a little abrupt. Yeah, it, like, I'm gonna keep on saying this for the last five episodes. Maybe if we had a couple more episodes to build this up. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because Chris has been a stylish to go behind Pilgrim's back and manipulate things. Uh, so it's like, I get it, but also like, why now or whatever? But it's fine. She's basically like, uh, you're no longer loyal to Widow. You're loyal to Pilgrim. Pilgrim's going to rule the world. Uh, give me money, please. Please, uh, please have an OnlyFans. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's... And basically, like, Nathaniel is just like, you want to fight? You want to fight? If you want our stuff, you're going to fight me. And, no, and, then, no. and then Lydia's just like, no, stop it. I'll give you stuff. 
and yep uh, Lydia ever the politician diffuses the situation yeah and Cresta gives them a, a time limit of the end of the week and she she says like yo the widow's so good to have someone someone like you um, around and yeah. she walks away with a shit-eating grin yeah Oh, and she tells them to replace all the butterfly symbols uh, to with the Azure stuff because you work for Peru now. All that. Basically, like Lydia got like a like a medium, like like persuasion check. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but but Cressida rolled really low on her insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we've made it to Black Wind, Sonny and the gang have, and they set Ankara down in, like, a hotel, uh, and then, uh, Ankara tells them that they need, they need to find, uh, this guy and get her passage out of here, uh, before the Black Lotus find her, and after they've done all that, then she'll tell them how to stop Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, and Ankara is pulling the thing that my grandfather used to pull be like, well, I'm an old man and I might die any time now. <laughs> um, that being said, if I ever become a grandfather and I don't die in the next 10 years, um, right. I will, I will use that, uh, to guilt everyone when I'm old. I'm going to say that I'm going to, you know, die constantly and I'm going to make them sad. It's going to be real great. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, Banshee and the Widow have arrived at Black Wind. Um, so they're gonna split up to look for them. Sunny's out and about looking for the guy that Ankara wants. They're all just out and about. So you know they're about to run into each other. Yeah. And, and I think the Widow had some pretty good banter with Banshee. Yeah. <clears throat> in this. Um, and she very astutely points out, is splitting up a good idea? Because if Sunny sees me first, he will want to kill me. And it's... But the thing is, she says it with, like, the... She says it, like, with with charm. Like, Baji, mm-hmm. because she's with Baji. Yeah, they got good banter. Yeah. If only we Baji's got more like, of this. She's like, don't worry, my persuasion is really high. I'm sure I can talk Sunny down. Um, but, yep, Sunny catches the back of the Widow's head. So like, doesn't really question why Widow would be here, and is just like, I'm about to get my revenge. Don't even worry about it. She's like... I, not only will I stab her, I will stab her until there's nothing left. Uh, and he, like, kind of shoves through the crowd with his- Yeah, he's trying to catch up to her. With his hobbled leg. And then- and Pulls a sword off of uh, a nearby, like, table, and then fucking leaps up a barrel onto the rooftop, because suddenly he doesn't need that well, stick because, to walk anymore. Because his Dark One power is activating, he healed. Okay. And then he was just like, well, it's localized, obviously, because he's the catalyst, so, you know, he's special. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, during this, um, uh, Nyx is, uh, is basically like being like, hey, I'm gonna make sure you don't die. And yeah, she's like washing the wound, and Ankara's talking about the gift. Like, hey, you don't have to, like, I see that you have to cut yourself. Be like, not anymore. I can do it on my own. And Ankara, with a shit grin, is just like, well, I can do a lot more. Yeah, and he's like, like what? And then she, she, she heals herself, and then. Yeah fucking goes. She, uh, goes she heals herself and simultaneously manages to telekinesis a uh, frying pan off the shelf into the back of Nyx's head to knock her out Nyx is just watching her heal herself without trying to stop her 
because obviously something's about to go on. Um, but yeah, she. she I mean, they need her alive. If she were healing herself, I'd be like, dope, great. That's sweet. Yeah. What's going on here? Uh, so Sunny finally catches up and, I guess, very honorably faces her first and doesn't attack her from behind. It's just like, Sunny, I'm not here to hurt you. Be like, tell that to Vale! And then he goes yeah. out. And, like, he goes yeah. off, and I love it. Yeah. Like, they, they do the dance fighting thing where, like, they, you know, they're spinning with the blade. A lot of spins, yeah. And uh, everyone in the crowd's just like, what's going on? And they back off and be like, cool. This is cool. Mm. And there's people, people in the crowd are dressed, like, real cool as well. Yeah. Uh, That's so. Uh... I wonder how many of them stole what they wore on this and just walked <laughs> off. I would. So, so, um, the widow tries with her very poor charisma to convince Sonny yeah. to go with her, yeah. but she failed that role really hard. Yeah, super doesn't work. Yeah. But unfortunately, Sonny has no insight. <laughs> so <laughs> he was just like, you're lying. And- well, it wasn't even the, yeah, he's like, uh, you sold Veil out, your word means nothing, so I don't really care what you have to say. Yeah, and, they, and he eventually forces the widow to draw out her blade. Um, and she's fighting defensively, and you get yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And Sunny looks pissed for like once. Like Sunny, and like I'm just saying, like go off, Sunny. Yeah, he's legitimately angry here. Like, yeah, they jump on top of a on top of a bench thing and fall. I mean, the bleachers thing. Like, and yeah, fall it's like yeah, it's like a platform. Yeah, and they fall through. And they and there's like that like close quarter fighting where like they're yeah. destroying the environment around them and it's you know a lot of cool slow motion shots. I feel like they put a lot into this this scene. Yeah. Oh, and my Netflix just froze, so that's very cool. Um. Well, good thing this is three minutes before the end of this episode. Right. Okay, here we go. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. So we have. Uh, so we have. Baji finding out where yep. Nyx is at because yeah, turn- he's he's got one of those Geiger counters, so he's looking for dark ones and finds Nyx instead of Ankara. Yeah, and he's just like, "Where'd she go?" Yeah. Um, and there, and the Widow and Sunny are fighting, and uh, yeah, they they both good at fighting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the the set piece isn't very elaborate. They don't really move out of this like enclosed alleyway thing. I feel like they would have like set this in like a industrial place or something with like yeah, chains. I mean, and if, stuff. if this were like season two or one, they would have run all over this market they, um, and hit a lot of different parts. I feel like they would have been running like with like that wirework stuff, like on yeah. the on the uh, oh yeah the the, on cloth, the like tarps and shit on the tarps yeah. and stuff, and maybe jumping up and you know maybe they yeah. use like whatever. Um, yeah. Now, there's the, this part was pretty cool. So basically, uh, the butterfly, so, sorry, the uh, the widow takes uh, her butterfly swords apart, and Sunny just chops through one of them. But with her other sword, she flings it away, and yeah. she he she holds the broken bit, the broken one to her to his throat. Yeah, and then we have everyone getting together. Be like, yeah. And she does apologize for the whole veil thing. Not that I guess that super matters, but then Nick Frost and Nick show up, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we all good here?" Yeah, maybe, maybe if we had a little bit more time with her, like rehabilitating herself, like we would have yeah. believed it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we would have saw her feel guilty about it. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Ankara, like, it comes out of the crowd and be like, and she's just like, get out of my way. And Baji's trying to convince her to, you know, not do this. Kara's like, fuck y'all, I got dark one powers, and she powers up, uh, ready to throw down. She actually looks very scary here, it's the closest to earning the title Mad Witch that I've seen. Uh, everything's like vibrating and shaking, and then, uh, Widow just walks up behind her and stabs her in the neck with a syringe. Yeah. And it's over. <laughs> they got her. Yeah, then at the very end, we are cutting to MK being like, we're here at the monastery in the, yeah, uh... not like the best cliffhanger, but I guess. I mean, like, it's a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. it's... I would have almost liked it a little bit better if we ended with, like, uh, Ankara, like, you know, going, like, all Mad Witch, and then, like, maybe they yeah. start the episode next yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I guess that. why this doesn't feel like a cliffhanger to me is because, uh, that's the episode, because Pilgrim has now... What, four dark ones? Because two died looking for Sunny, and then two are with Cressida. So he's got four dark ones against an entire monastery full of dark ones. Plus, we've been hyping up how strong the Master is, uh, when Pilgrim can barely control his own thing. So, like, it doesn't feel like, oh shit, the Master's in danger. It feels like maybe they're about to get their asses fucking wrecked. Yeah, I don't, I like, I'm, I'm just like... Because, like, all the monks know how to disable Dark Ones, too, so it's not like they even have an advantage there. So, like, it just doesn't feel super scary that, like, they've arrived, so it doesn't feel dramatic to me. I don't know. It's, like, this isn't a bad episode. Yeah. Like, it's a very middling episode, so I guess, but it's just coming after three, I'm gonna say kind of duds, it just doesn't hit right. I agree. Um... I'm just hoping we we have five episodes left. I'm hoping we have at least a couple of great ones and at least one good one. Yeah. All right. So, uh, in the number ten spot is last week's Raven's Feather, Phoenix Blood. Uh, this is the one that had the insufferably long Widow dream sequence. Um, Sunny does uh, home alone in an abandoned warehouse. Uh, Nick Nick betrays Pilgrim, and then Cressida gives a very awkward hand job. Yeah, this one's better than that one. I agree. Alright, number nine is Dragonfly's Last Dance. Uh, this is where we learn Sunny has a sister. Baji tries to fuck in front of a baby. We learn about the Black Lotus. Uh, there's a ladder fight, a coup, and Lydia does political stuff. I think this is better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give that. Um, number eight is Chamber of the Scorpion. Uh, this is the one where Bashi, like every line he says, which is Mwah, perfect Bashi shit. Then Bashi fights a dark one, which is also very cool. And then Sunny fights Pilgrim. I think uh, this episode we just watched was more consistent throughout, but I think the Chamber of the Scorpion had higher highs. Yeah, like this is like by middling. I don't think I was ever bored during this episode. Yeah. I was never wowed, and I was wowed by Bashi and. In the, yeah. the, the fights. Yeah. So, and also I had a really good cliffhanger that did not lead to what I wanted it to lead to. Right. <laughs> I just want I just want to see Sonny, like, slaughter an entire village by himself because he's that powerful. That's it. I would have just... Do it. Just... We're into the show anyway. Just let Sonny be, <laughs> like, God for a moment. Please. <laughs> let him hold his son, let him cry, then let him kill all of his enemies. Please. 
Alright, so it sounds like it's slotting in under the chamber of the scorpion. Yeah. So, let me put this in. This was, what, the boar and the butterfly? Yeah. Dumb title, but that's fine. Yeah. And guess what? The pudgy guy that's here is the boar. Uh, so the list, uh, then, is at number 10, Raven's Feather, Phoenix Blood. Number 9, Dragonfly's Last Dance. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Wait. Oh, sorry, no, number 11. Got to change the numbers. Okay. Number 11 is Raven's Feather, Phoenix Blood. Number 10 is Dragonfly's Last Dance. Number 9 is The Boar and the Butterfly. Number 8 is Chamber of the Scorpion. Number 7 is Moon Rises, Raven Seeks. Number 6 is Leopard Catcher's Cloud. Number 5 is Carry Tiger to Mountain. Number 4 is Black Wind Howls. Number 3 is Blind Cannibal Assassins. Number 2 is Leopard Hunts Rabbit. Number 1 is Enter the Phoenix. Remember Blind Cannibal Assassins? Damn, that was, that was a good a fun episode. episode. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Man, oh man, I just, I need one, like, not as good as Blind Cannibal Assassins, because it's really good. I need one that, like, feels like it can aspire to it, at least. <laughs> That's it. Just give me, give me more show, please. Yeah. That being said, yeah, I will I'd like, watch I'd next. like a Leopard Catcher's Cloud level uh episode yeah which is actually dead center of our list right now yeah like give me give me middle of the pack at this moment you know all right so cyberpunk i think we're kind of running out of stuff actually yeah uh it it turns out most of the plot stuff does actually map out pretty well we don't really need to change much and so we're just kind of rehashing the plot yeah which is so, not that interesting uh, i don't think we, i think if we do the third season it's gonna be about the same too that's the thing someone finds yeah. an ancient technology that's actually very powerful and they're able to create more of this weapons and blah 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 like i feel like it wouldn't be an ancient it would be new but it would be azratech and like well, yeah, Azertech got destroyed by the Dark Ones or whatever, and now Pilgrims found their old research center or whatever. But it's basically the same thing. He finds the thing that can make more Dark Ones. I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is a season where we just don't stick to a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's a thing. Uh, we got we got five episodes left. What are we going to talk about or do for the last five? Then <laughs> I don't know. Like. <sighs> What are we going to do? Do we even have to do anything? I mean, we don't have to, but I like having an end bit. (laughs) That's the thing. So, like, should we do nothing? But that feels like we're... I don't know. Is is there is there into the ba- into the Badlands fanfic? We could read some of that. I I assure you there must be. Let me let me look that up real quick. The Badlands fanfic. There has uh, to be. I saw a archive of fanfic. Our, archive of our own. Uh, Sunny into the Badlands. Or no, sorry, that's. Uh, here we go. Archive of our own. Let's see. We have. Uh, uh, sorry, let me consent to their terms. We have The Cut That Always Bleeds by Brigadier B. Uh, you are one of Pilgrim's acolytes alongside Caster and Nick. We have High Man in the Bunker uh, no, by, by Quinn for Eurovision 2018, I mean, which is an incredible, yes. incredible name. Uh, but this is sit midway through season two of Into the Badlands and end of season three of Man in the High Castle. Oh, it's a crossover. <laughs> Quinn wow. watches his films in his bunker. Okay. What? What? They're zombies? 
What? Okay, yeah. sorry. I, Zombies as requested. Okay, so as a person who's about to rewatch Made in the High Castle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna bookmark this and see. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have the In Between by Dumb Bitch Juice Forever, another incredible name. <laughs> this is a collection of Tildessa moments that may or may not have happened in between the moments we saw. Okay, so I'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough Odessa for them to have a fucking shit name. I understand. <laughs> I understand that that's a thing. You, you people ship like characters together and give them not. They don't have enough chemistry, but to do it. <laughs> uh, we have "Welcome to the Badlands" by C.R. Noble. Uh, parentheses erudite twelve four. Oh, these are awesome. Wh- wow! 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 This is a wow. supernatural crossover. Wow. Sorry, I just looked at how they're going to do this. Okay, um, uh, I'm trying to figure. By the way, I really like into the uh, into the bad lights and supernatural. Um, so the wars were so long ago. Nobody. Sorry, let me do a kind of a, like announcement. The wars were so long ago. Nobody even remembers. Darkness and fear ruled to until the time of the barons. Seven men and women who forged order out of chaos. People flocked to them for protection. That protection became servitude. They banished guns and trained armies of... Le- this is actually just the intro of the show. Never mind. Oh, I don't know how... I mean, like... 32 I'm, I'm chapters? Tr- Come on! What? Okay. 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 Now, that being said, am I opening it up right now? Yes. <laughs> uh, is there adult content in this? Yes. What are they doing? Okay, wait. Let's see, Castile slash Dean Winchester, Gadriel uh, slash Anna Milton, Lucifer slash Renoa McLeod, Lucifer slash Lilith, Jesse Turner slash Lilith. Uh, so, so really, Lilith just fucks everyone, is that right? Okay, how how are all the tags just supernatural stuff, and then the description is all Badlands stuff? Is this just all the supernatural characters in the world of Into the Badlands? I think it might be. Are they whitewashing Into the Badlands? I think they might be. They're whitewashing into the Badlands. Very cool. Uh, we also have an enemy of an enemy is anyone and armadillo names, which is a pretty cool title, I think. Again, from oh by Alpha three 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 four uh and Quinn for Eurovision two thousand eighteen uh a collab. It looks like it is a uh rape fic. <laughs> oh no! There's vampires. What? Okay. So- this is part two. This is oh, part great. two. Yeah. Um, there's also 15, uh, 15 so almost 15,000 uh, words in that. Great. With 11 oh. chapters. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's something called Cone Lang Dialogue into the Badlands episode 307. Oh, sorry. From episode 307, I thought it might be part 307. Oh, Never mind. Like... There's actually not as much as I would hope. I don't know what this is the created language means, and this is about as many fixes I thought there would be because Into the Badlands was not a super... I mean, if only. Apparently people what? just really want the very flat Odessa to kiss Tilda. I mean, yeah, it's a lesbian pairing. I get it. I mean, I understand. You seek out you seek out queerness where you want, I mean, where you need to. Whatever. But I'm just saying, like, they don't have that much chemistry. 
Okay, so half these fakes are uh, from these Conelang dialogues from dead elves, and it's literally just a transcript of the times they uh, speak the Azra language, I think. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I opened episode 306, and it's just literally a fucking uh, uh, screenplay-style formatting Pilgrim. Nix, stand down. Translation. Nix, a Tacoma. Pilgrim, do as I command. Translation. Ete wata go jajamano. And he did this for, like, every episode. Well, that wasn't a well that we really went down. That was a very shallow well. I think we just, like, drunk yeah. all the water and left it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what? Uh, there's a uh, Game of Thrones into the Badlands, the Hundred crossover. Did they just... So people are just like, I really love this, uh, this setting. I wish it had... All my favorite white characters were in it. White, more white characters. <laughs> like, as much as I like, uh, Supernatural, it's a very white show. Yeah. Um, and just having, like, Dean and Saya being into the Bad Lady is basically just like, why don't we take all the, like, Asian and, like, brown people representation out of this? You're right, there are a lot of Tildessa... <laughs> and like, and all it's just like, yeah, they kiss very non-passionately. And where's my Nathaniel Lydia? Oh my god, that's gonna be that. W- I mean, you can write it, really. I mean, I don't want to though. Like, you could be like, uh, you, so I like to call it like fanfic nexus nex- uh, nexus points, where you can easily write a scene with that without without it like uh, really impacting the plot at all. And the let's fuck in front of a baby scene would have been that. You know, the slash fake where you're just like, yeah, let's talk about them fucking. But there's a baby. So occasionally you just hear Henry Coos in, Henry Coos in the background. Apparently you can just post videos on Archive of Our Own, because I found a Baron Quinn tribute fan vid. <laughs> okay. Let's save that one and just discuss it <laughs> next time. Uh, what? What are we, we're only at fifty nine minutes? I'm gonna watch this video real quick. <laughs> uh, it's two minutes fifty four seconds. Starts with a cool logo from Longren, which is the creator of this. Can you lo- link it to me? Uh, yeah, sure. Hang on, let me uh, let me open it up in YouTube so I can link it to you. I'll post it in the Hangouts chat. Okay. Oh, fuck, what did they do to the coloring of this? Jesus. Wow, they, they like, desaturated it, like, so much. Yeah, they, like, tried to recolor correct it and sharpen it, and it looks like ass now. Like, why just use the stuff in there? Right. It's not even a good tribute so far. No, it's some generic violin music and just, like, a bunch of... I mean, just clips of Quinn, I guess. But not, like, the cool stuff. No. Like. And he does some weird, like, cut zooms that don't do anything. <laughs> like, I mean, at least he gets the part where he fights. Yeah. A little bit. Alright, I'm, I'm done with this video, but I am gonna look at the comments real quick. Uh, 72 thumbs up. Okay. Uh, 5,400 views. Uh, let's see. A bunch of Russian comments. Uh, actually, almost all, all Russian comments. Okay, wait, wait, uh, wait, there's one. 
Uh, there's mm-hmm. one from two years ago, of course, because this is what it was relevant. Yep. Um, Eddie Lopez. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, Eduardo Lopez. Quinn was such oh, a badass. Yeah. Spoiler. I wish he got to kill the widow. Smiley. I mean, not smiley face. Um, frowny face. Oh, it's because the creator's Russian. I see he just replied to one of them in Russian, so that's why all the comments are Russian. Okay. All right. Well, that was not fruitful. Okay. Um, I'm done with this now. We'll find, we'll find five more things to talk about. Okay. Like, I mean, there's Badlands content. I mean, not that much. That's why it died. here's, (laughs) Here's a legitimate crossover where they're not just using the setting, but also the characters called Built on Blood by Para, Paraba Crybaby, which is a, uh, Shadow Hunters, the Mortal Instrument series, and Into Badlands crossover. I can see so those fitting cool. together in a way. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done looking at these. Uh, Jesse, what have you been watching lately? Well, I've been watching uh, The Expanse. Um, mm-hmm. It is all on Prime. So if you have uh, Amazon Prime, I was just watching it. It's a it's a show. It's a it's a space show. But um, the first season, just kind of wet your whistle, is about is about uh this basically this uh rich girl like kind of just disappeared all of a sudden and there's a bunch of people trying to find trying to find this one girl or this one woman um and it's like this really good like mystery stuff and if you if you zoom forward to the fourth season uh there's interdimensional travel uh but i mean the first one is you know it's 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 very but it's very good it has a um serious episode of the firefly vibe um it it's not super jokey or anything but it's it's very well done drama the only thing i don't like about it is you have a gruff voice white guy as the lead actor uh that's the only thing everyone else surrounding him including the uh the incredibly violent uh, dumb guy who's actually secretly sweet um is really great cool uh, as for myself, I'm going to recommend, uh, I mentioned it earlier, Leverage. Uh, Leverage is a show that is a heist show slash found family show, which is two of my favorite things, and it's why it's probably my favorite show of all time. Even though I don't think it's, like, the best made show, it is my favorite show. Uh, it is about a man, Nate Ford who was formerly a very good insurance investigator. His job was like to investigate insurance claims and find out if, you know, his company needed a payout. Um, and that also involved him crossing paths with a lot of different, like, thieves and con men over the years. Um, uh, but then his son got sick with, like, a very rare disease, and there was an experimental treatment, and his company wouldn't pay out for it. So his son died, and Nate Ford, like, spiraled into a deep, deep depression, lost his job, got divorced... Um, basically is a mess. Uh, and that's where the show starts. Um, and it starts with, uh, this airplane CEO, uh, coming to him and saying, look, this rival company stole these plans from me and I'm about to have like a, a board meeting and I need these plans or, you know, my stock's gonna be destroyed or whatever. I will pay you so much money. Please just get these plans back. I've already hired the best of the best in thieves for you to lead. Um, which introduces him to his crew, which is, uh, the best hacker, the best thief, the best hitter, which is, you know, like a dude who fights. And then later they pick up the best grifter. And it's all these different personalities who are typically complete loners and antisocial, 
uh, being forced to work together under Nate Ford and developing bonds and learning to trust and love each other and becoming one big weird family. And I love it so much. And every episode is a heist about them ripping off some rich asshole for some person who got screwed over by capitalism. It's pretty good. I might actually watch it because that's the first time someone described it in a way that made me want to watch it. Yeah, it's it's so. fun. Um, the first, like, two seasons are a lot more, like, individually this rich person screwed over this person. And then by season three, they got a few new writers that uh, are much more interested in, like, systemic issues. They take on big aggro. They take on big pharma. They uh, take on private prison, which was a crazy thing I didn't think I'd get to see. But uh, it's very cool. And uh, it's if you like heists and you like found families, it's a fun show. I like both of those. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. So, um, now I do wanna, I do wanna point out one other thing because I started also watching in between watching episodes of, uh, The Expanse, watching Happy, um, which is, uh, the first two seasons are on uh, Netflix. Um, we mentioned something about Grant Morrison, uh, comics being adapted. That's one right. of them. It's about this, it's, it's hard to describe, but basically a former a former cop turned like Hitman gains the uh, imaginary friends of her of his daughter in order mm. in order to help her. Okay, and it's weird, fucked up. I don't understand how to explain it. Um, it it's something that you kind of have to experience. It's really weird, <laughs> like. Mm. Really Grant Morrison weird. So if you if you like the Doom Patrol, I think you would really like Happy. Okay. Uh, so let's get out of here. It's my turn to sign us off. I think so. Let me just say, uh, live Moss. Yep, Moss. Live All right, Moss. Bye. Bye. <laughs>